So you can easily observe that an engineering firm can become a software company. Of course, they are not going to become a software company 100%, but they, they do things that are really about software. Hello, innovators. I'm Todd Wyant, and welcome to the Bridging the Gap podcast presented by Applied Software. You're invited to join our MEP and construction innovation adventure with a mission to propel this great industry forward. My guest today is Olivier Lipinoy. Olivier belongs to the Autodesk business development team for AEC industry, and he's an expert in strategies to help firms pivot and grow new businesses. He took part in multiple platform initiatives for the largest firms worldwide and now focuses his efforts on helping AEC companies explore and build new business models. He's also one of the co-authors of two acclaimed books about innovation in construction. Welcome to the show, Olivier. Thanks, Todd. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, so how'd you get started in the construction industry? How do I get started? I do, how do I start in this industry? Yeah. Um, I was an architect. Um, I was a civil engineer first, um, educated both in France and in the US. Um, it was UCLA. Um, and then I started to study architecture. Um, and I started to uh, work as an architect in Paris. And then the big thing was to move to Vinci, uh, the, the French builder. I was an employee of Vinci for six years. This is an interesting aspect because when we speak about business models, Vinci is so big that they have various business models. And that's the first time that I realized that business model is so important. But we can speak about this later. And then I was um, crazy enough to move to uh, Accenture a part of Accenture, uh, which um, serves customers, uh, companies in AEC. And then, then I did, did the same for IBM. And now I'm with Autodesk. Nice. Uh -huh. So two kind of uh -huh, phrases and, and stuff that I, I want to start with unpacking is, is what is hyper construction and then the arc of transformation? Yeah. Hyper um, construction is sort of a concept that I invented uh, to speak about the future of construction from a business model standpoint. I've observed that most people speak about the future in terms of technology innovation. Mm -hmm. And I speak about uh, the future of construction from a business model standpoint. Um, and when I speak about this, that's really funny because I speak like a PhD student. I speak about my work. So that's really not a sales speech in any way. That's more um, a series of, of observations that I've made. So um, the, for, the form of it is a framework um, called hyperconstruction, uh, made of um, three uh, groups of companies, the originators, the providers, the aggregators, the consumers, and the controllers. That's a way to look at the, the future of construction from a data standpoint. Um, we, of course, we can, we will probably speak about this in details later in, in the, in the show. Um, uh, arc of transformation is something else. Arc of transformation is two things. Um, that's also uh, something on LinkedIn that I've created to explain, um, uh, cases of companies and how they transform to showcase how they transform always publicly available uh, cases. And arc of transformation is also a program that I've created inside Autodesk to um, to manage um, strategic relationships with our customers. So that's also um, an, 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 a program 
where we say to the customer, come in, we would like to speak with you about strategic things, about your business, the future of your business, and we do workshops. Mm-hmm. And of course, during those workshops, we speak about um, the future of construction, we speak about business models, um, we speak about technology also. I'm not against technology, but I think there's more than just technology. So this is um, this is hyper construction and this is the arc of transformation. And of course, both things uh, work in parallel very much. Yeah. So is this may be oversimplifying it, but is the arc of transformation the kind of the journey aspect of implementing hyper construction as a framework? Dude, I don't know. <laughs> um, usually I said that I share some observations and I'm not telling you what to do. You, you, you're, uh, you're good enough and um, you know enough about your business and you will, uh, you will, you will use all of this material um, um, and it's going to be your interpretation of all of this. But I mean, there's probably more, I should explain more. Um, Hyper construction is sort of the, the vision, but I've also observed that people struggle with understanding what it is in details. So I've also um, um, built this series of cases, as I said, publicly available cases. I can show you some um, to show to them that that construction is not what they think. Um, usually, I start by explaining that this is an invisible revolution happening in in this in, in, in this industry. Um, large players. All of them are building their own digital platforms. So we are not looking at, at, a, at, a, at an industry where companies built um, by software um, from technology companies. Now the boundaries are, 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 um, are less clear um, and large companies build their own platforms. That's really the, 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 the beginning of the story. Um, and for me, it started, it started with IBM. When I was working with IBM, I was looking at the world through the eyes of IBM, of course. I was an employee, and it was everything was about platform and platform. And then I observed companies building their own platforms, companies in construction. So that's also interesting to see that um, the AEC industry already entered the, the platform economy. We're always saying that AEC is late, um, um, we're not good with productivity improvement. We're not good with digital. I think that's wrong. I think things are happening, but again, there are a lot of them are invisible. Um, I don't know if that this answers your question, but um, it works with the arc of transformation cases, the hyper construction framework, and and also um, a lot of other cases and a lot of lot, lot of other observations that I that I that I make. Um, to try to open the eyes of people around me. Um, it's very much a matter of mindset. It's not so so complex or so sophisticated. It's very much a matter of, comp- of mindset and, 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 and beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always say that if you want to listen to what I have to say, you need to let go of your ordinary perceptions. Um, because um, you're probably obsessed with productivity improvement, cost savings, and business optimization. That's what I call playing defense. But there's more. There's also playing offense. You can build your own digital platform. You can use it with a new business model. You can grow. You can make um, much more money than you currently make um, as a company. Of course, it's not easy. Of course, it's not for everyone. 
but we have examples of uh, companies who, who do this. Yeah, absolutely. I think that makes a, a ton of sense. And the, the self-perception angle is, is interesting as well, because I agree that construction is, is much more uh, innovative and you know, really tech centric than what a lot of people think, because that self-perception people have allowed themselves to kind of buy into the, the lie that they are slow to adopt and not tech innovative, that, that they don't see that the reality is not necessarily yeah. that way anymore. Uh, no, but, uh, yeah, what I've observed, I think this is due to the fact that we all read the same books. Mm. We all read the same articles. We all uh, go to the same shows. We all listen to the same podcasts. We all uh, go to the same conferences. We all uh, like the same um, thought leaders um, on social media. And so there's, there's a problem of diversity in terms of thinking. Sure. Um, and also everyone reads the McKinsey reports. I have nothing against McKinsey. I love strategy firms, but, but you know, you know, we know what everyone's conclusion is. The conclusion is always that um, this industry is very late and that we should do things differently. Um, and I'm just saying that we do things differently. It is just that we are not, maybe we are not paying attention to the right cases. Yeah. So uh, I, I like the do things differently angle because I'm always up for, for switching things up and, and exploring where things do need to change and, and where things need to get better. So before we really dive into some of the specifics of the framework, why is it important in a you know high level kind of conceptual idea of uh, really looking at it from the, the business model side of things instead of really kind of zeroing in on the construction technology aspect of it where most people actually go? I don't know why that's that's the way I do it, but I, I'm not sure why this is so important. Um, I think, as you know, business model is a way to deliver value and to make profit. Mm -hmm. So if you, I, I mean, maybe it also starts with this simple observation. Um, margins in construction are very low. And it's been like this for the past, I don't know, you tell me 40 years, 50 years, mm -hmm. 20 years. Everyone is investing a lot of money in, in technology. Did the margins go from 2% to 5%? Did they go from 2% to 10%? No, nothing happened in terms of the margins. So the next level is just to look at the business model. Um, and of course, it's not gonna solve every problem because you're not gonna change the business model of a construction company, or you're not gonna change the business model of an engineering firm, or you're not gonna change the business model of an architectural firm or any other firm. It's just it's more of a matter of diversification of your business models. Um, and again, I'm not giving a lesson to anyone. I'm just observing um, what, what companies do. Um, they they need to still work on their um, cost savings and productivity, but I'm observing that some of them do things that are very differently, that are very different from that. Mm -hmm. um, but that, no, I don't have the, I don't, I'm not sure if, if, if business model is a better answer. I'm just, I'm just here to say that there's an alternative to technology innovation. Applied Software believes that heroes are built. 
the men and women of construction are those heroes. In an effort to honor the dedicated workers who build our infrastructure and future, Applied Software is seeking to shine a spotlight on construction by providing lunch to Lucky Crews as part of Food Truck Fridays. Want your company spotlighted? Enter to win lunch on Applied by following three easy steps. Step one, post a picture of you and your crew on LinkedIn. Step two, tag Applied Software in your post. Step three, use the hashtag HeroesAreBuilt. Your crew just might be selected to be part of Food Truck Fridays. Right. Yeah. Explore it from all vantage points. Look at it from all the different angles and, and see what makes the most sense. Yeah. It's always it's always funny. I don't know if you, you did this in the past, um, but it's always funny when you have a, a, a group of people in a room in the AEC industry and you put in front of them a business model Canva and you ask them to fill in the, the, the rectangles, all of the, the, the different parts, parts of the business model, the, the value proposition, the key activities, the key resources, the customer relationships, channels, key partners, cost structures, revenue streams. This is really difficult for them. Most of the time, they don't know what to put in the rectangles mm -hmm. of the Canva. So it shows that they, they are not sure about their business model. And so the, these kind of the, these kinds of conversations are are, are, are very valuable. Um, I've, I've observed this. Yeah. Well, I think that the industry as a whole, and it's not necessarily unique just to construction, but uh, it becomes a reactive game. Of there's so much incoming, there's there's so many variables and everything that people just react to what's actually happening instead of taking. Uh, I'm going to be a broken record to people that listen regularly, but it, instead of taking the time on the front end to think and strategize and plan out and, and really map out all the different components to it, people are just yeah. reacting to it. And so when forced to put pen to paper and create the plan, they don't really know because there hasn't been a, a clearly laid out vision. Yeah, I, could, I could not agree more with this. Um, this is also dif difficult on a daily basis because when I come to them and I offer that kind of stuff, that kind of workshop, um, they are surprised because they don't, they don't expect Autodesk to offer that kind of thing. Um, they understand that this is not about technology. They also understand that this is not about Autodesk. They, they understand that this is not about BIM. So there's a lot of things happening in the first meetings that need to be clarified because, um, you know, we are full of uh, preconceived ideas and, and, and perceptions are very important and they, their expectations are very different from the actual thing that I can offer to them. Yeah. Back to how you said you start a lot of these conversations of kind of check your preconceived notions at the door and absolutely <laughs> let's start yeah, I have, new <laughs> I, have, I have to i have to but um but for but it's always interesting and um usually they don't have these conversations with anyone else so this is not so difficult yeah uh so kind of getting into the the framework and explaining yeah the different components and, and parts of, of hyper construction i've heard the the framework and, and seen it kind of all laid out with hyper construction before and it, it makes a lot of sense but uh for those that, that may be not familiar with it or the kind of how you're you're organizing the the different buckets of uh categories can you kind of give a 
an overview of the framework for hyperconstruction? Sure. Um, so it goes like this. Um, I can show, I can explain the four, the five uh, families of, of activities or companies. And I can also try to explain how um, to sort of build the sequence between the old world and the new world. Um, it's going to be very much of a simplification of the reality. But so um, first of all, you have the originators. So as I, as I said, this, this is really the industry is seen from the point of view of data. So originators are firms gathering land and financial resources. And somehow they create data by defining the built assets. So they are at the beginning of the story. I was a land developer when I, when I worked with, with Vinci. So I never forget that it all starts with a piece of land. It doesn't start with a, with a good design. It starts with a piece of land. If you don't have a piece of land, it's not going to work. Right, that's um, an important step. <laughs> and the, the, so the, the second family is the providers. The providers are all of the companies supplying various things. Of course, the design for engineering firms, the raw material, um, the, the building products, and of course, the, the workforce, what is needed to, to actually build the buildings or the infrastructure. Um, and also, there's this notion that the providers are also here to provide data. In the future, there will probably be companies providing data to this industry, companies who do not traditionally belong to this industry. So as you can see, this is really very much of a, this is a future that's not going to be, uh, um, that, that is not here already. It's, it's, a, it's a far future, but it's interesting to get inspired by it. Aggregators, um, I, I always say that they are like the general contractors of today. Um, everyone wants to be an aggregator. Why? Because everyone wants to build a platform. And the platform is the way to orchestrate a network and a network of companies. Um, so the, 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 the aggregators orchestrate the projects um, and they manage the flow of data at some point. I can give examples, real life examples after. Um, the consumers are at the, at, the, at the end of the process. Um, they are like the facility managers. They, of course, they consume the buildings, but most of all, they consume the data. Mm -hmm. So it, it's sort of, it's, it's a picture that, that paints a, um, trying to paint a, a landscape that is not far away from what we see now, but also speak about a, a far future. And the controllers, um, are here to control the finished work. Um, and in, in the future, there will probably uh, companies um, um, in charge of making sure the quality of the data um, is, is the right one. And maybe it's gonna be a third party. We'll see, uh, we'll see what happens. So this is the five family. These are the five families. I can, I can speak about how, um, things can go from what we have now to the future. What we have now is um, a sequence of, uh, of um, um, a series of families um, that we know very well. Um, the owners and planners, the controllers, the designers, the builders, the suppliers, and the operators of the buildings. You know, everyone knows that this is extremely fragmented and this is very much a siloed um, uh, way of working. Everyone complains about this, but digital platforms are a way to break those silos. Um, the owners and, and planners and the designers have things in common, they are at the beginning. So they, they will 
um, become the originators in my world. Um, the designers, the builders, and the suppliers um, are the are what I call become what I call the providers. As I said, they give the design, they give the equipment, they give the building products, everything, and they also provide the data. Mm -hmm. um, if your if your if your if your company is big enough, you're gonna you're gonna want to become an aggregator. You're gonna want to be to to build a platform and and aggregate the work of the others, uh, own the platform, um, um, probably. So an aggregator can can be any any company in the other um, in the previous families. So when you build this, uh, you have the originators, the providers, the aggregators, and the consumers. And I, I already explained what what is a consumer. And of course, the controllers um, will also have their place. And what I'm saying with um, the diagrams that I'm that I draw um, that I draw is uh, the fact that. Um, we, we will probably see the old world disappear and the new world emerge. It's not going to happen overnight. I think we will probably uh, use the, the, the expressions that we use now to describe the players. But I've observed that this really helps companies when they, when they, they speak uh, about this. Um, to, it helps them um, perceive themselves differently. That's really it's fascinating to see how when they use the framework, when they think about it, uh, it changes the perception of themselves. And it also it changes the perception of their ecosystem. They understand that an engineering firm can be different from um, an engineering firm as we knew it. They understand that a builder can be different from a builder that, as we knew it, and so on and so forth. So that's, um, that's the principles and I'm only a person who organizing workshops um, and all of this is telemade. So there's no, when we do this for one company, it's always different from, uh, from, from a workshop organized for another company. So it's, it's always telemade. So I don't have a secret uh, formula or a, a recipe that works all the time. Yeah, that's interesting. So it seems, you know, really centered around the data. So is it, is it fair to say that you need to get your, your data strategy in place first before you move to this hyper-construction model or in um, moving to the model, does that kind of align? Yeah, I don't, I don't really like the idea that you should have a perfect data strategy before you do anything else. Um, what I've observed is that companies acquire or use digital solutions. That's sort of the basics. Um, later, when they are more mature, they work on their processes and workflows. Everyone knows that. Mm -hmm. And at some point, if they are, if they have enough money to invest, or if they have a lot of ambition, uh, or if they have big partners, they want to be to build their own digital platforms. That's that's what that's what happens, and it happens across the globe, mm -hmm. um, which with large AC firms. Most of them are construction firms, but it's also true for for engineering firms as well. Um, and the, what is fascinating is that this is still very much a, a technology play. This is not a business model play. Most of them, if not all of them, build the digital platform because they think that data is so important, but they do not really know what is the best business model to operate the platform. 
They build the business model after they build the digital platform. Mm. All of this is, of course, extremely expensive. Um, um, so my advice is always to say, um, use the business model Canva, do more workshops, think about it um, patiently, take your time, make sure that you have an idea of the business model, and then you build the digital platform. What's really funny is that this is very much like a startup, the startup world. Yeah, sure. Some startups spend a lot of time speaking about, thinking about their business model and, and building their business model. In parallel, they build the technology um, aspect of their, their work, their, their business. Um, some of them launch the, 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 the platform or the digital solutions, but they are not so sure about the business model. What is for sure is that you're going to have to adapt your business model um, at some point. Um, a business model is never forever. Um, so that's my recommendation is always to work on the business model first and, and the technology aspect second. But no yeah. one no one follows my advice. <laughs> well, uh, I think one of the, the tricks maybe is how, how do you know kind of where you are and how good your systems are. So what I mean by that is I, I think people might think they have the business model and so they check that box, but do they really have a good gut check that it is effective and it's the right one? And then an even secondary question is the business model that they, they claim that they're operating in, is that actually the model that they are doing in reality? Because those yeah. two are not always the same. <laughs> yes, that's very that's very true. Thanks for saying this. No one speaks about this aspect. Um, that's very true. Um, maybe that's one of the reasons why they like um, the series that I this, the two collections that I that I built that I'm that I'm building because I'm adding mm -hmm. one or two cases every week, um, one for our construction and one for the our transformation, um, because. I'm saying this because it's this is this has a lot to do with um, the nature of the competition. Um, it's you're you're operating in an environment that is already occupied by your competitors, even with these things. Um, so they they like to look at the the this collection of cases, also to benchmark. Uh, they always learn something that they didn't know. Um, so I'm not saying again that this solves every problem, um, but um, they understand that they are not alone. They understand that maybe the, the big idea that they have is not so unique. Uh, there's someone else doing doing something similar elsewhere. This is happening across the globe, as you can see in, with these examples. It's only a selection, but there's probably 20 cases in hyper and 20 in arc of transformation. And again, there's one or two um, every week. So um, they, this is happening across the globe. So if a company like um, Bechtel tries to build, tries to build uh, its digital platform, they will probably never be in competition with Takenaka in Japan, also building its own digital platform. And they will never be in competition with Buick Construction doing the same. Uh, because this is only the beginning of the story. But later in the process, there will probably be competitions between platforms. At the present time, this is more of a, of a blue ocean um, type of uh, thing. But I'm sure that uh, this will become um, much bigger 
and we will see competitions between platforms. Hey, innovators. Is there a way to prepare your company for successful implementation of technological innovation? After over 115 episodes talking with some of the best minds in the construction industry, the answer is a resounding yes. There are building blocks that you can put into place that will form the foundation for your company to successfully implement technology. I have compiled my thoughts from those conversations into a new ebook simply titled Foundational Building Blocks for Successful Tech Adoption. You can download the ebook for free at our website, bridgingthegappod.com. After you have, I'd love to hear your feedback. As always, keep innovating. Yeah, interesting. Can you kind of go into some more details on, on some of those examples of, of companies that have really embraced this new framework? Um. And, um, a simple one is Kanska, uh, this um, construction company from Sweden. Um, they, they built Booklook, uh, that's their division um, dedicated to prefab housing. Um, and this is what's funny is that this is not new at all. They started this 10 years ago. Um, and, um, and they did this with Kanska. So um, what's, what's interesting is that when you want to do this really seriously, you probably need a, a, a big partner. Of course, what is interesting is that Skanska is not per se an AEC company. Um, and um, later in, in, the, in the process of um, um, this collection, I, I, I did the opposite, as you can see, uh, with uh, IKEA also um, building a, a company with uh, Skanska. So this is not only Skanska joining forces with IKEA, this is IKEA also entering the business of AEC by, um, by, with a joint venture with, with Kanska. So that's an example. Um, another extreme example is um, it's always the one that I use because people are surprised. This is Ferrovia, this large um, construction and concession company uh, headquartered in Spain, very big company. They are in the business of car sharing. And it's not gonna change the business of Ferrovia completely and they had no reasons to do it, but they, they are doing it. And I know that ZT, that's the name of the, this company, ZT um, car sharing of uh, electric cars. I know this is a reality because there's a, there you, I can find uh, ZT cars parked in the streets of Paris next to, next to my apartment. So uh, this, is, this is a reality. Wow. Also, Ferrovia does this with Renault, the French car company. So it's joint venture with Renault. It's interesting to observe that you can do this alone, but it's it might be better if you do this with another big company. Uh -huh. I don't really know the reasons why Ferrovia does this because all of this is only publicly available information. I don't, I don't have, I'm not in contact with Ferrovia about this, but, um, and I'm not in contact with Renault or with IKEA. But, and I don't know why Renault did this and I don't know why IK did this, but this is happening. Yeah. And there's, yeah, you wanted to say something, sorry. No, 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 uh, go for it. The, the, another one, just to say that um, this is also for companies that are not construction companies. I'm using the example of Arcadis. Arcadis does many things and Arcadis uh, built what they call Arcadis Gen. This is a separate company where they do software and platforms. The business model is, can be very abstract. 
platform is easier to understand. So you can easily observe that an engineering firm can become a software company. Of course, they are not going to become a software company 100%, but they, they do things that are really about software. I'm using a case where with a company uh, in the cement and concrete business, all seam um, from Switzerland, Takenaka, a huge construction company in Japan, Johnson LaSalle, I'm assuming that everyone knows Johnson LaSalle, they are truly global, and Ferrovial again. So all of them are building their own platform. Sometimes they, they start this from scratch, some with like old Seam and Oris. Sometimes they acquire a company because Hank is, is a company acquired by Johnson LaSalle. And it can be um, something extremely big, very aligned with the core business of the company, like Johnson LaSalle building a digital platform uh, for, uh, to optimize uh, building systems. But it can be very different from their core business. Um, the good example is Olsim. Um, they now can claim that they can help design roads and optimize the design of roads um, and large infrastructures while they are not supposed to be in the business of design. Um, Ferrovia is also an example. They, they built a platform um, for maintenance and cleaning while they are not very famous for being in the business of facility management. They are famous for being in the business of concessions, road concessions, and uh, of course, um, um, contracting of uh, large infrastructures and buildings. And uh, Takenaka is it's less mature. So I put it in the arc of transformation family, not in the hyperconstruction family because hyperconstruction is for companies that exist already. Takenaka, that's probably the beginning and I have less information because I don't live in Japan. Um, but it's always interesting to show to everyone that this is not happening be, uh, here only because I, uh, I'm, I'm from Europe and I see the world from the eyes of a European uh, person. Um, this is happening across the globe and this is also happening in, uh, in Japan. Um, everyone tends, tends to think that um, Japan is always different. They are different, but um, sometimes they, they also uh, do the same uh, things as we do. Yeah, that's interesting. So what should success really look like? How do, how do you measure that and uh, really get to this future state for the, yeah. the groundswell of the industry? Yeah, uh, difficult question. It's hard to tell from the outside, I would say. Really hard to tell from the outside. What I can tell from the outside is if the company also works on its ecosystem, uh, because the success of the, the platform, the success of the business model will be about the, um, how you, you capture value from your ecosystem and how you deliver value to your ecosystem. Mm -hmm. You can tell this from the outside, how a company behaves. Um, second aspect is culture. You can see also only with publicly available information, which means the internet, um, um, you can see if a company um, is really working on its culture, trying to be more digital in various ways. Um, um, for example, also companies use me and use these examples for internal trainings. They want me to explain those cases to their people so that 
it opens their eyes to this uh, new reality. Yeah. So um, uh, culture um, is an important aspect. There's uh, various ways to do this. Um, you, there's Ferrovial again. Everyone knows that I admire Ferrovial very much for all of the things that they do. So no surprise, there's Ferrovial. Um, there's Old Seam, there's Vinci and Ortif. Um, I can speak about Vinci because I was an employee of Vinci and uh, they are next door, <laughs> they are in Paris. Um, Leonard is, is one of their programs to open the company and, and to, to the to its ecosystem. It's sort of an open innovation platform. It's, um, it's, um, it's a way to, 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 for them to learn more about their, their ecosystem globally, startups, large companies. Um, so they create events. It's a way to change the company. Um, same for Old Seam and uh, their initiative called Maker, very much of an open innovation initiative inside the company to try to transform the company. Arcadis does the same. Um, and I usually use the, the, the example of Ferrovial and their digital hub. It's sort of a place inside Ferrovial where they, they try to do all of this. They, they test technology, but they also design new business models. They have a sort of a service design uh, unit um, where they, they test and try a new services and the business model to go with it. So it's an example of a company taking this seriously because they, they, they do not do what I described earlier. They do not build the platform just for the beauty of building the platform because they love technology. They also work on things that are more fundamental. Um, and to answer your question, I think this is a good sign that they are they're going to be successful. Um, they, they, um, they embrace all of the aspects of digital transformation completely. Yeah. Nice. Well, how do people learn more if they, they want to kind of dig in, see what hyperconstruction is, the arc of transformation, where they go to find out more information and maybe connect with you? Um, they, my recommendation is they go on LinkedIn uh, and they follow uh, the hyperconstruction uh, page and the arc of transformation page. As I said, so we have a lot of followers and um, they they will see one uh, new case every every week. Um, and I encourage them to look at the other cases um, uh, that, um, that, that, that I published before they, they joined the, 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 these groups. And um, I'm not, as I said, I'm not trying to give a, a full uh, explanation about the cases. That's very shallow. That's very, that's very much me saying, Look at this company they do this and i'm leaving this to you to your interpretation so don't expect to have a a 300 word um, uh, um, article about my analysis of this case it's not going to happen um, it's more of this collection and i leave it to the interpretation of the of the reader yeah but that's but that's the best way to um to enter this world yeah if you, if you can say that Sounds good. Final question for you. What does innovation mean to you? Innovation means um, let go of your ordinary perceptions. Um, 
stop reading the same books, go to the same conferences. Of course, innovation means to me uh, new business models. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's the future. We take, in a way, it's going to sound very strange, but I'm going to say it. In a way, innovation through technology is not enough. And you, this is obvious when you look at, for example, uh, sustainability or circular economy in construction. Everyone knows that we're not going to make it if we keep the same business models and just inv invest in technology. Everyone knows that it's not we're not going to be successful with this, the, mm. the big problem of sustainability. So everyone claims that business models uh, should be adapted to change. And I'm saying this is already the case. Yeah, I like it. I agree. I think truly innovative people and systems and business models allow for the possibility of, of something different and, and looking at it from different perspectives of, of saying, all right, where, where might I be getting this wrong and being open mm -hmm. to the fact that you probably aren't getting everything perfect and something will have to be adapted and, and enhanced. So yeah, I think that's spot on. Well, thanks so much for taking the time and, and coming on the show, Olivia. I really enjoyed the conversation. There's so many more uh, angles that we could and roads that we could go down in this conversation for sure. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks, thanks for inviting me. Can I ask? Um, I am the first um, um, person with a French accent in the in the show. <laughs> uh, that, that French accent, you are the first. That's okay. <laughs> I okay. think that, that is true. Yeah, that's a good thing then. <laughs> so you uh, you open the door. <laughs> okay, I, I hope that you can have more uh, people with French accents uh, uh, in the show. <laughs> there you go. I, I would love to. <laughs> and now it's time for my Todd takes from this episode. First take. There is an invisible revolution happening in the industry when it comes to data. The companies that have figured that out and are seeking to optimize their data strategy have a massive leg up on the future. This requires that you do not just react to what is coming at you, but take time on the front end to strategize and think through your plan. Second take, don't fall into a trap of poor self-perception. Construction is more innovative and tech-centric than what a lot of people even in the industry, give it credit for. As Olivier said, let go of your ordinary perceptions. Get out of your bubble to get a better perspective on reality. Olivier also said that innovation just through technology isn't enough. I more than agree. A mindset shift is required as well. Final take, make sure the business model that you think you're operating in is the actual model that plays out in reality. It is so valuable to get a diversity of thought and perspectives to speak into this objectively. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you are interested in learning more, you can visit our sponsor, Applied Software, at asti.com for more information. You can listen to this podcast anytime by simply going to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our website, bridgingthegappod.com. As always, I'm Todd Wyant, thanking you for joining us on the Bridging the Gap podcast. Keep innovating. Bridging the Gap is hosted, directed, and produced by Todd Wyant. Edited and produced by Eric Daniel. Bridging the Gap is an applied software production. 
Copyright Applied Software 2022.